Hey, everybody, it's Friday, and you know what time it is. It's time for the roundtable on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Reggie Wilson. We got Luke Inman and, of course, Sam Ekstrom, the producer with the juicer. I don't know if that's a thing, but we're going to make it a thing. But, again, I'm Ron Johnson. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is the Friday roundtable. Beautiful Friday. Heat finally has come down. It was a steamy 110 index a couple days ago. State fair yesterday was awesome. But you know what, fellas? Other than the state fair, the weather came down. Vikings are going to play Saturday. Gophers are going to play Thursday. Birds are chirping. I mean, it's it's one of those awesome weeks coming up. We got to get locked in on these topics. What you got for us, Luke? Yeah, Ron, Vikings' final preseason game coming up tomorrow. Let's dive into which players have the most to gain and most to lose versus the Cardinals coming up. And Trey Lance rumors add a new wrinkle to the Vikings' quarterback future. I've got an intriguing would-you-rather about who's going to be their primary passer next season. The Twins winning the division in August? We're talking that? Say it ain't so. Uh, I'm still going to say the Twins are going to lose a whole bunch. It's going to get close. No, I'm not going to hate on them. I'm not going to hate them just yet. We're not going to hate yet. This is not a hate day. But, of course, I got my Gopher shirt on, so you know what that means, man. We got to talk about Gophers football. We're going to make some bold predictions today. We had the P.J. Flex show yesterday from the State Fair. Got P.J. and the players live. And we also picked some, like, players to watch. We had some predictions, but P.J. threw out a bunch of names that made me think, like, I don't think everybody really understands what this Gopher team is going to be. But we'll talk about all of that next on the roundtable. That's what everybody knows. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Just go to birddogs.com backslash locked on or enter the promo code locked on for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs. Yeah, you see Sam rocking it. You won't want you won't want to take your bird dogs hat off. We promise you. Or your bird dogs, period. You'll sleep in them. You go to the pool in them, go to the beach, you'll go to a Vikings game in them, and then maybe a twins, because that's gonna happen Saturday, people. Vikings play at 12, twins play that night. So wear your bird dogs to both. But now it's time to jump into the show, fellas. Luke, break it down for us. Yeah, Ron, a lot of drama still to unfold here over the next week as the Vikings cut down from 90 to 53 by next Thursday. So which players have the most to gain, most to lose in this final preseason game versus the Cardinals tomorrow at noon kickoff, by the way, not a late evening kickoff. Uh, Let me start here and I'll go outside all the individual one-on-one battles here for a second. And I'll just say this, Andrew Booth Jr., has so much to prove to himself more than anything in this final game because you could argue there isn't a guy on the entire team, the entire roster, that's faced more criticism this training camp and preseason that he has. So building off a few good days of practice here versus the Cardinals and just finally finishing this preseason out on a high note, I think that's going to be so important for him because at this point, I think he's just got to prove not just to the coaches and the fans, sure, but to himself more than anything, that he belongs right in the mix with that cornerback three, four, five role. And even broader than that, he belongs in the NFL because I think you look at that position specifically, cornerback, so much of the success and the failure for that matter is dictated by the mental aspects, playing with confidence, finding your swag at that position. And that's something that Andrew Booth has just clearly lacked since he's gotten into the league for a variety of reasons, injuries, poor play, new defense this year, whatever it may be. But that could all change, guys, with one good game. If you just go out there, play like the second-round pick you were brought in to be, hopefully carry that momentum into the regular season. That would be a huge boost for him, a huge boost for the cornerback depth as well, I would say, heading into the regular season. So Andrew Booth, that's a guy I'm watching. What do you think, Sam? 
Yeah, I'm looking at Ty Chandler on offense as someone who has a lot to gain because Kenny Wongwu has now missed the entire preseason. This injury's lingered a lot longer than we ever thought it would. Ty Chandler can put the clincher on that running back to roll, I think, with a nice performance. Uh, didn't get a lot of blocking in the last game against the Titans, and maybe that's not his fault. But I think if he puts out a strong performance, pass blocks, makes a couple catches in the passing game, I think we can feel pretty confident he's your running back too. He's got a lot to gain in this game. And then maybe one on the more negative side, remember early on in camp when Jawan Williams was like the starter? He was Mm -hmm. the third cornerback. Well, he played the entire game against the Titans. He was playing deep into the fourth quarter. And I do wonder about his status sometimes. Makai Blackman seems to have passed him in the depth chart. You know, they're talking about Najee Thompson taking up a spot for his special teams. I wonder if Jawan Williams is in jeopardy. So if he had a poor game on Saturday, could he play himself off of this roster? I, for one, think they need him. I think it's an injury-prone group. I think you need a veteran there to give you some depth. But I do wonder about his status just because of his dip sort of in the depth chart. Mm. Luke, I I like what you said about Booth. Wouldn't that be like just a a sweet like cherry on top or like a like a pleasant surprise if you will mm-hmm. if booth just turned out to to live up to his potential like they they've got byron murphy they've got a caleb evans if they play well and then booth just all of a sudden comes in and and does what they expect him to do as well that would be that would be like really good for them <laughs> to put it lightly but what i'm looking at is the uh the wide receiver battle Man, Tristan Tristan Jackson has made so many good plays in in camp, especially the days that I've gone anyway. And it's going to be interesting looking at who makes this 53-man roster, how many wide receivers they keep between Jackson, you got Thayer, you got um, Brandon Powell, who's made some nice plays in in camp as well. And then you got Jalen Rager. You're like, okay, how many of these guys – are they going to keep who makes it, who doesn't, who they try to squeeze onto the practice squad? It's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. And then Kevin O'Connell was pretty complimentary of Jalen Naylor as well this week, just talking about how awesome it was to have him back. And so this is what's going to be interesting for me because, you know, Tristan Jackson has has been around, you know, since Kevin O'Connell has been there. And it, it seems like he's just continuing to ascend and come into his own. And I'm just – you know, I, my my running comment with my guy from Fox 9, Ahmad Hicks, is like, okay, does Tristan make the 53? Because he's been making plays, but I'm just wondering, like, okay, is that enough to impress the coaches enough to keep him on the, the 53, or do they try to sneak him onto the practice squad? I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I, this is my take on it. And mine's not sexy at all. Everybody picks some sexy stuff. I'm not going to go sexy. I think guys like Oli Udo, Verdarian Lowe, uh, Blake, Blake Brando, Austin Slopeman, Josh Sokol, Jack Snyder, Jared Williams, I think those are the guys that have the most to gain and lose this last game. They're going to play the majority of the second half against the Cardinals. We don't think – like me personally, when I look at the locks, I feel like the offensive line second backup group is the most – like uncharacteristic group of backups like you don't really know and you never really know offensive line backup so that's that's one thing it's not ever sexy to talk about offense but it just feels like the offensive line uh you just don't know Oliudo has has made it here a while now 
uh, where a lot of people don't think he should be in the NFL. And so when you when you think about that, either one, there's things he's doing that we don't see and just the mistakes are very glaring. But I think that group can can play themselves into a spot on this team or can play themselves off where they're going to be looking at the trade at the cut deadline maybe signing those guys just say okay let's make sure we have our guys and then when they see some guys jump out there that are free agent be like all right let's cut this guy we know this offensive lineman can actually play so i think this offensive line they can really hurt or help themselves uh going into this last game well it's time to jump into the next topic what you got sam Let's keep the Vikings conversation rolling. I've got a would you rather that I want to toss out there, quarterback mm. related for the Minnesota Vikings. Trey Is this a Lance... one kill one? No, never mind. No, it's not that. <laughs> well, I mean, we we could spin it that way. I don't know if I can think on my feet that fast, but here's what I got. Here's what I got. Trey Lance rumors are are in the rumor mill right now. Uh, the 49ers at one point he was on the block, and then the Niners said he's not on the block. Who knows? Who knows whether they're actually going to trade the guy? Um. But here's the would you rather for the Vikings. Three options. You got to pick one. Would you rather re-sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason? Pay him 40 plus million dollars. Two, trade for Trey Lance either now or in the offseason and have him compete with Jaron Hall next year. You've got two cheap young quarterbacks. Or option three, would you rather have a rookie quarterback that you draft in the first round. You've got three avenues you can go down at quarterback. Mm. What are you going to choose? I'll go first. I kind of like the rookie quarterback route, I think. I, mm. I think that I'm I'm just going to reset the deck. Let's go cheap. Let's go first round, high-end quarterback. You get five years with them. Let's jump in all the way, head first. Let's do it. That's what all these teams had to take that risk at some point. The Bengals had to take that risk. The Ravens had to take that risk. The Chargers had to take that risk. And it's worked out pretty swimmingly for those teams. Uh, that's what I'm advocating for. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, can I ask you this? Uh, are we coming off another 13 and four season, Sam? Or are we like <laughs> six and 11? Because, yeah. you know, to realistically, yeah, to realistically answer that, it's like obviously so much depends on can Kirk actually lead this team into the playoffs? If he wins a game or two, everybody's going to be back on the Kirk O'Chain's train and, and they're going to want to bring him back, which I think would be warranted if he actually won two games in the playoffs. I think for me, just knowing these draft classes inside and out like I do every year, if you're ever going to go get a quarterback in round one, I think next year's the time to do it. And you might not have to mortgage too much of the future to do so either, because even after you miss out on guys like Caleb Williams from USC, Drake May, they're going to go in the top five. There's still going to be a ton of options that get you excited. Quinn Ewers from Texas, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, just to name a few. So it all depends, I think, on you know how the season shakes out, of course. Can, can Kirk excuse me, live up to the pressure leading a top five offense into the league? He's got the weapons now, no excuses. If yes, it's going to be awfully tempting to just run it back once again with another one-year extension. But you brought in KOC specifically for this reason, guys. For him to go find in the draft and mold a young quarterback around his specific offense. And I think the Stars could align for the Vikings to pounce on their new quarterback for the future in round one, just given how much talent is set to declare in that 2024 class. Mm. Yeah, I... I'm kind of on the fence about this. If you would have asked me this maybe like three months ago, I would say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and get uh, uh, just, you know, try your hand at a quarterback in the draft. But the more I, I kind of see, like, doesn't it seem like Kirk Cousins has just like a different, like, swagger, confidence? Like, he seems just a little bit more juiced up 
this this preseason and then training camp like Kirko chains wakes up dripping like this yes yes exactly and it's it's kind of crazy to see just how much more confident he is you know just in his skin and i don't know the, what that translates to from a wins and losses standpoint but considering what they've built and what they're building i think i would Probably take another chance on re-signing Kirk and just seeing how far they can go with this thing. Because here's my thing. I think that they're going to be good enough to challenge for the division this year, which means that they're not going to have a high draft pick. And if they don't have a high draft pick, like I know what you said, Luke, I understand. But after May, you know, after Williams in May, I'm not all that sold on Quinn Ewers. You're talking about him possibly getting beat out by Manning right now. And and then Michael Penix, I covered him a little bit when I was in Cincinnati because we, we covered Indiana a little bit, and he got hurt those back-to-back seasons. Had a great year last year, but I'm just not – I just don't know, man. I Some of these quarterbacks just kind of have a little bit more of a question mark to me, and I think Kirk is a proven commodity. You know what you're going to get from him. Hopefully he can lead them a little bit further than he has in the past. But I don't know. You got all these top tier weapons and Hawkinson, Jefferson, just drafted Addison. Like, I don't know that they have the the time frame to just be like waiting on a rookie quarterback to try to develop. I don't know that that's the, the plan. Yeah. I mean, Reggie, I like your, your take too. And I, I kind of agree, but here's some quarterbacks. So this is the thing. The NFL is not always like the draft is not always exactly what you think is going to be. You take these guys. I mean, look at look at Trey Lance right now. Look at Baker Mayfield. Look at people that everybody assumed they were the guy. Look at Johnny Manziel. Sometimes people are more hype over hope. Like they have more hype than they do hope for the team. So if you have more hype than hope, I'm looking at guys like Bo Nix, mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy, 6'3", 6'3". You know, guys that I feel like are good – but don't get the hype. And now, even though Bo Nix does have two ridiculous signs, they put his, they put him. I saw Joey Harrington post it because Joey Harrington, when he was at Oregon, I came out with him. He and our friends, he had a billboard, and now they gave it to Bo Nix. And Bo Nix, his arm is on one building, and his body's on another, saying he has a big arm. Okay, he also came from Auburn. So could Bo Nix come in as a late first? Because these are late first round type quarterbacks. These are not. These could be second and third round quarterbacks as well. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. I think so often we're so dialed into trying to get a first-round quarterback and then we force them into stardom and say, you have to do this. Those are two names. When I look at the rest of these names and the rest of these teams, like Ethan Calig Manis is too young, so he's not up there yet. But when I look at these names, I'm not sold on. So I'm kind of like, here's where I go. I don't want a first-round quarterback. I don't think I agree with Reggie. I'm not sure. I'm not sold on Drake May. Caleb Williams won't be there. I'm not sold on Spencer Rattler. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr. I think he has the height at 6'3", but he, but he he doesn't play fast enough to me to feel like he's a first-rounder, so I wouldn't take him there. Uh, Quinn uh, Ears, same thing. You're right. Like We're talking about a guy who could lose his job to Archie or Arch, and Arch is not better than uh, the quarterback uh, uh, Dante Moore at UCLA. But they put, they put Arch up there because of the name. So, again, I would rather my take, I'd rather take a second, third round quarterback, maybe still re-sign Kirk, see what you got, and let that guy play behind Kirk maybe for two or three years. So that's not one of the options, but I'm kind of I'm I, w- I would rather re-sign Kirk. That's where I'm leaning. 
And then my next step is I'd rather draft one of those other guys like a J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix in the second or third round and then see what you can get out of them. I, I will All say Bo Nix. huh? Well, yeah. Ron, I just want to say real quick, you bring up a great point about Bo Nix because you think about the Vikings deficiencies on the interior offensive line. Kirk's always under pressure. Bo Nix was one of the highest graded quarterbacks last year under pressure, and he didn't record a single turnover worthy play when under pressure. So I think he would fit perfectly right now with the weapons that the Vikings already have under KOC. So I like the fact that you pointed out Bo Nix. He could be a late first round, maybe day two guy even, depending on how this year goes, of course. Yeah, I think he's definitely a day two guy. I think he's, I don't, I mean, unless he does some great Heisman type stuff, I don't see him jumping to the first. But here's the thing I like about Bo Nix. He runs a 4-7. So it's not super fast, but he's not slow. He also ran for 14 touchdowns on the ground. So he's mobile. He's a guy that's 6'3", 214 pounds kind of built like Kirk. So he could come in and literally you could keep the same offense and just teach Bo Nix how to run it. And what can Bo Nix do well? Throw the freaking ball. Watch Oregon play. They rarely, I mean, they do run the ball with Bucky Irving, but they are a pass-happy offense. They've always been that way. And that's why he's a Heisman candidate, or at least Oregon's trying to make him one. But I, I just think the hype for him isn't truly there. It's in Oregon, but it's not truly there. So I think for him, not going in the first round, not being the savior to a team because we had Joey Harrington on the Ron Johnson show. And Joey Harrington talked about that. He was the, supposed to be the savior of the Detroit Lions, and that was a lot of pressure. I'd rather Bo Nix come in under the darkness like uh, Russell Wilson, be a star. I think he can do it. But time to move on to the next subject. We, we have to talk about these twins because, again, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm, – I'm scarred now. I'm scarred by the way the twins are up and down. So the six-game lead for me – I just don't know. I, 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 it, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared to really put my heart into this. But before we jump into that topic, got to hear from our sponsors. It's a Bird Dogs Friday. Yes, it is. Last night, I uh, was walking around the house in my Bird Dogs. I was uh, you know, cleaning up from the kids, and I was sitting on the deck just hanging out in my powdery blue, kind of khaki-like Bird Dogs shorts that are so comfortable, so breathable. Uh, this morning, woke up, it was a little chillier, put on my bird dog's pants, the slim fit. They've got the liner. They're like Lululemon, except they fit and feel even better. There's no reason to take off the bird dogs. I've got the shorts. I've got the pants. It's multi-seasonal in my uh, shorts and pants loungewear drawer. And it's all bird dogs now because they've got that cloud knit fabric, the anti-sweat, uh, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. They just look so good and give you that sculpted look. Uh, BirdDogs.com slash LockedOn is the website. You go there now, enter the promo code LockedOn, get the free white tech hat with your order. BirdDogs.com slash LockedOn. Use the promo code LockedOn. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. I personally promise you that. They are good for so many occasions, uh, so many climates. Bird dogs, you're absolutely going to love them. Bird dogs. Bird dogs. That's not it. <laughs> All of a sudden, though, Batman comes out and he's wearing bird dogs. Bird dogs. It, is, it is not the black. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like one of the real old, old Batmans. Like it's somebody there by the like, old school. Pow. Well, they for, I forgot Bam. he played Batman. Exactly. Yeah, use the old school graphics. But we got to jump to the next topic. What you got for us, Reggie? The twins, man. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, man. This is a roller coaster that. Would would 
probably put anything at Valley Fair to shame. We'll put anything at the State Fair to shame because it's it's wild, man. It, it's uh, it's comparable to so the the State Fair has this ride called the skyscraper, and yesterday. I guess someone had breakfast at the state fair. Uh-oh. And on that skyscraper, they oh. were up in the air and just. No. It vomited like rain. <laughs> and uh that I feel like that's the that's the twins experience uh when you when you think about it. Just it, it's it's kind of like that. You know, the the series that two-game sweep against the Brewers was just about as brutal as it comes. And then all of a sudden, you know, they they get down to the Rangers. You're like, oh, man, I mean, the Rangers number one in their division. But they were, you know, on a six-game losing streak. So you're like, man, maybe they could take advantage of something. I don't know. But then they get down. You're like, oh, here we go. Michael Taylor, a couple home runs. Royce Lewis, a home run. Triple shy of the cycle. And then Carlos Correa comes up clutch late. And Ryan Jeffers hit that thing to the state fairgrounds last night. So you're like, wow. They come back. The Griffin Jacks closes it down with the game-ending double play. And you're like, okay, we're feeling good again. But then it's like they got four of these things with the Rangers. And you're like, okay, as good as you feel tonight, things can change tonight, tomorrow, Sunday. And they're just, they're just a team that you just don't know if you can trust. Byron Buxton is not there. They're producing without him. And you're like, this team is good, right? Right? And then they come out and they and they lose to, to these teams and they lose these games that you think that they're supposed to win. And you just, I don't know. They could have like a 12-game lead right now over the Guardians and you probably still wouldn't feel safe. But it kind of feels like they're trending in the right direction right now as August kind of comes to a close. Six games up on the Guardians. Anything can happen in September, we know. But they seem to be doing what they need to do. It's just it's just hard to trust them right now. I, I'm with you, Reg. Nine out of ten teams who have a six-game lead with 34 left are feeling great. They're sleeping easy at night. I, I'd love to say this thing's over, wrap it up, but – Give me one more week. I got to see these next five games specifically because between the Rangers and Guardians, that's either going to shut the door and wrap things up or it's going to let Cleveland back into this thing. Um, they just haven't instilled enough confidence in us at any point in the season to make us feel like this lead is safe. And also it would take, and you kind of touched on this, right? Also it would take is, is getting swept by Cleveland next week. All of a sudden, this thing is so much more dramatic again. Um, these next two weeks, they're going to tell us everything we need to know. You got 11 games between the Rangers and the Guardians, but until then, I'm not ready to crown them. You want to crown them? Crown them. <laughs> the good news is, though, too, even if things do get dramatic here at the end and they let Cleveland right back into it, they do end the season versus the Rockies and the Oakland A's. So that bodes well for the chances of holding on to this thing, even if it does come down to the wire. Yeah, the, the schedule's pretty forgiving for the Twins. Let's math this out. They've got 34 games to go, a six-game lead. So if the Twins go 500, Guardians would have to go 23-11 and 11 to mm. tie them. Mm. Guardians, for reference, are 15-23 and 23 since the All-Star break. Mm. They sold at the deadline. They're bad. They're not trying to win. So if you open this door and you get swept by the Guardians, shame on you. Cleveland probably needs to win five of those six games they have coming up. They play a three-game series, last series of August, and then again 
September 4th, 5th, and 6th. Guardians need five of those six games to have a shot. If mm. they win four, that's only a two-game swing. If they win five, that's a four-game swing. So if the Twins can just win a single game in both of those series, at bare minimum, they will win this division. That is the only path for Cleveland to get back in this thing. I'm 95% sure it's over, but I'm leaving just the door cracked open for a Minnesota sports collapse. As the uh, great theologian once said, I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open, girl. I'm going to leave the door open. I mean, I, you, you just have to. When I say I'm a, no, it's so. <laughs> well, keep going. You're halfway done. You might as well wrap it up. Finish her up. Oh, man. He also said this. But no, I can't do that. <laughs> oh man, gotta, gotta gotta love some good music here and there. But here's what I look at when I, I was I was kind of perusing uh, the schedule, and and Sam, that's the one thing I was gonna bring up. This this stretch with the guard one, I hate how baseball does this. Baseball could gain so many more fans if they would spread out some of these games. Like I get the home and homes, I get the 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 division battles, and I get all the inner inner squad, whatever you want to call. It. You have to be able to go play the Yankees. You have to be able to go play the Rays, but not play them a ton. Like, you got to switch this up. They like Give them some teams that nobody's seen them play, like, a lot. Like, stop playing the same teams 27 times. It's so frustrating. Like, I'd rather see them play the Braves, even though the Braves would beat their heads in. But I would like to see they it. Did. Like they did earlier this year. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Earlier this yeah. year, can we yeah. get it back? Like, why are we just playing them one time? We're playing these other teams mm-hmm. 20 times. Like, even it up a little bit. I get it. It's a ton of games, 162 games. How do you make it? Like, you know, go play the Mets a little bit more. Play like even it out again. That's asking for too much because baseball right now can't even get out their own way. Here I go back to this. You play the, the, the Guardians those six times, Sam. That's what I was going to say. It's dead on. That's going to decide it for me. I'm not going to make a – like, I might shut the door and then change the song up for Bruno Mars. I'm going to shut the door open. I don't know if you can shut the door open, uh, but Eyes Wide Shut. That's where I got that from. That was that movie. Um, but when you think about that series, those six games, and you got the 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 the, uh, the Rangers in the middle, if, if, if it is – even if it's four, if they lose four in that six – I still question them. Like, you might win the division, but how do you lose four out of six to a team that is tanking, clearly, or doesn't care anymore? Like, that's what I want. I want to see them dominate. If they go 6-0 and against the Guardians in that, then I can say, yeah, I'm a believer. If if it does come down to, like, five games they lost, Sam, they win one, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Are, are we seriously thinking we're going to go into the playoffs and make a run? So I, I, I think the Twins can set set the tone. They can change the narrative. And it's going to start with that Guardians. Uh, I mean, the Rangers, they got coming up a couple more times. But the Guardians, I think that's that's the one team that's behind you. So that's where I go with that. Well, you know what time it is. It's PJ time. PJ Fleck and the Minnesota Gophers are going to play Thursday against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We are less than a week away, people. It is going to be the longest pregame show ever from three to 6.30, there will be a pregame show because of the nationally televised groupings of people that want to watch Matt Rule. He's P.J. Flex's friend. There's a ton of storylines. And then you got this kid, Ethan Kellegg, man, is taking over for the first time in P.J. Fle- like, P.J. Fleck 
has never walked out of his house for a game without Tanner Morgan by his side. He's never gotten off of a bus for a game without Tanner Morgan by his side. This is going to be his first time having to hand that ball and that playbook and that game to a different quarterback for an entire season, and that's going to Ethan Caligmanis. So we're going to talk about storylines. I'll let you guys go out and I'll close it out. But, Luke, what's a, what's a storyline or what's a bold prediction for this game? Yeah, maybe I'm in the minority here. I got a lot more faith in this new tailback and running game taking over for Mo Ibrahim. It feels like that maybe most people, Sean Tyler, he's the transfer from Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot more upside than people are giving credit for. 1,200 yards last year, 1,300 yards the year before. You know this Gophers offense is going to lean on the run a lot like they always do, but especially the simple fact that you just pointed out, they want to take some pressure off Ethan Calagmanis in week one specifically. Best way to do that run the ball mark me down for 150 all-purpose yards Mm. for sean tyler in his first game as a gopher against a nebraska defense by the way that ranked 107th in rushing yards allowed per game they're going to be better under matt rule but that whole process is going to take a few games at minimum Mm. if not an entire season not to mention Mm. this is going to be the best offensive line sean tyler's ever ran behind as well so gophers win their fifth in a row mark me down for that i think sean tyler has a huge game one uh in his new uniform Samuel. I, I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go against the grain here because I think we're all expecting the Gophers to once again pound the rock, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, establish Sean Tyler in his first game. I'm predicting Ethan Manis has his coming out party. I think he was, he was really held back last year. They didn't ask him to do much. He had accuracy issues. He only threw it more than 20 times twice in his, what, six starts last year. Mm -hmm. I think Ethan has a big game. I think they come out throwing the ball against a little bit of a patchwork secondary that's trying to get rebuilt. That would kind of be the element of surprise in the first game of the year. I think that Ethan goes 20 of 26 for 260 yards, two tutties in a Gophers win. Mm, Reggie. Nice. Um, Nice. You know, I feel like... Because it's Nebraska and because, you know, Matt Rule is like the the resurrector of, of college programs. And, you know, there's there's a little bit of like, eh, I'm not really sure. I think the Gophers are going to win big against Nebraska. That's my bold prediction. I think they're going to like blow them out. Not quite like last year's opener, but I think they're going to be like, all right, Matt Rule, this ain't the NFL no more. Welcome back to college, bucko. And I think they're gonna they're gonna do work. I, I agree. I think they're gonna have a good run game. I think Ethan is gonna come out and, and play well. And I think they're gonna have an emphasis on trying to establish Ethan as well to to let people know, like, hey, <laughs> hey, we got this young this young gunslinger who can who can really throw this pill. So let's see what's up. Like, here you go, Nebraska. Take this down your throat. And so I think what what's gonna be interesting is I think it's gonna be a big a big time win for the Gophers uh, next Thursday. So you can mark me down. If I'm wrong, then I probably won't speak on the Gophers again. Well, I'm going to say some names for you. Brock Bowers out of Georgia. Oh, yeah. Jatavion Sanders out of Texas. Jaheen Bell out of Florida State. Do you know what those guys all have in common? They're good at football. They're all tight ends. They're all one of the top tight ends in the in the college football for this coming season. And number four on this list, Brevin Spanford out of Minnesota. 
Brevin Spanford out of Minnesota, and this is different publications. This is college football news, so everybody has different ideas. Like if you go to Walter's uh, draft board, if you go to NFL draft buzz, everybody has different tight ends. But the one thing that reigns supreme, tight end is taking a precedent in football. This one right here, NFL draft buzz, Brevin Spanford, 6'7". 47240 has extremely good soft natural hands consistently makes clean catches with soft hands flashes good but doesn't always stand out i think brevin span ford is going to stand out when you know one of your best weapons is draft eligible probably second round third round tight end if he plays well maybe plays us up to the first round pj fleck on the pj fleck show said that brevin span ford was one of the top two Tight ends for the draft. I'm still trying to find that article, but PJ Fleck said this. So maybe there's some draft grades that came out that we have not seen yet that PJ Fleck was privy to. But if I'm Ethan Kalik Manis and I've watched Patrick Mahomes and I've watched some of these top quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, their tight ends really help their game out. If you look at the San Francisco 49ers, tight end, I think Brevin Spanford is going to have eight catches in his debut game as Ooh. the guy against Nebraska because Ethan Kalik Manis, I think like you said, Luke, and, and uh, what do you said? You, Luke, or Sam, I forgot who said uh, he's going to have a big day. But in order for Ethan to have a good day, he has to know where his outlet is at all time. His outlet is going to be Brevin. Also, when they run four seams, Brevin in the middle of the field is a big target, and there's little safeties for Nebraska that they're going to have to deal with that. So I'll be interested to see how Matt Rule deals with that tight end because it's the unknown. Chris Altman-Bell coming off injury, unknown. Receivers transferring in unknown you saw what they did at, at smaller schools what can they do in the big 10 i think brevin span four is gonna have a big day so that's my bold prediction ron also, you think yeah. you could still put the pads on week one and go run that four seam <laughs> right up the uh right right between that cover two right over that middle linebacker as long as i don't get hit two. yeah yeah <laughs> I, you like only got four years ron crab's got seven of them i mean surely listening can to find a fifth year for you i know crab crab is playing so long at this point in my career i was leaving the baltimore ravens and going to the Chicago Bears. Like, that's how long that's he's been great. playing. Like, he's playing He's playing where a lot of NFL guys are looking for their second contract. Wow. Like, Jonathan Taylor is holding out and looking for another contract. Josh Jacobs is holding out. Like, and Chris Hartman Bell is still in class <laughs> doing trigonometry. Like, that's, that's crazy when you think about how long he's been in school. Like, literally. Like, he is the, the joke a lot of people used to make about old school – uh, movies where the people Dan in Wilder. college yeah they used to look super old you'd be like <laughs> why is this old dude like i mean we we all remember that what well, was not we all i know reggie might have seen it i know sam hasn't seen it for sure but stomp the yard uh mm -hmm. when when darren's dance grooves was one of the lead uh antagonist dancers dude was like 40 in college and they made fun of him in the movie though they're like what does this do like a super senior so that's what Chris, Chris Hoffman Bell. I will say Chris Hoffman Bell has a baby face, though, so he gets away with it. But, yeah, if he had, like, a full beard or something like that, like, everybody would be like, whoa, what, like, what are you doing here? Why, why are you – you know, and then what's the one movie, the drug dealer movie, where the guy had the skateboard, like, hey, what's up, kids? I'm one of you guys. Where's the drugs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the skateboard. Uh, right. Some Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, the guy I know, that, I know the guy that plays the killer – or not the killer, but the guy that had the Argo. list and um. No, the guy, he had the list in Adam Sandler's other movie when Adam Sandler went back and tried to pass all those classes. 
Um, he he didn't get his high Billy school. Billy Madison. Game. Billy Madison. Remember yeah, he called the guy the like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yep, exactly. That Steve guy. Buscemi. Steve yes. Buscemi. When he was standing in the hall with the skateboard, like, what's up, kids? Where's the yeah. drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chris Altman Bell. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the class. Hello, fellow young people. Hello, young yes. guys. Yes. Who would like to go to a gopher game? Like, are you a coach? Like, no, I am the receiver. <laughs> I know freshmen probably walked in too. Like, are you a graduate assistant? No, I'm 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 number seven. Sorry, you, you'll see me this weekend. <laughs> but speaking of PJ Fleck at the State Fair, um, we we all, you know, like I've been there. I know Reggie was out there. I know Sam and at some point Luke's going to go. But, you know, I was at day one of the State Fair. Beautiful weather. Wasn't too hot. I'm glad that the heat wave broke. Uh, but beautiful weather to State Fair. We're going to talk about before we get out of here because it's the fun topic. What's like either a must do or a must have food that you just have to have and you want people to try at the state fair? Start with you, Luke, to get us out of here. There's so much to do, so much to see. I think, you know, it's kind of a pick your flavor kind of day. That's what makes it so great. Just find your staple, your unique special thing and make it your thing. Make it your yearly tradition. My dad, first thing he does, he beelines it to the Prano Pup stand. We can't even find him. He's gone as soon as we walked in. Oh, he's getting his Prano Pup. Checks that off his list. He's done. My thing, deep fried Oreos. I'm more of a sweets guy than a savory guy. I like the deep fried Oreos and the sweet Martha's cookies. Go get some all-you-can-drink milk. Sit there. You people watch. That's worth the price of admission alone. But get your yearly tradition if you don't already have one. Start that. You won't regret it. Yeah, I'm fond of the desserts as well. Sweet Martha's cookies goes without saying. Mm -hmm. That's chalk. Uh, a little more off the beaten path, the mini apple pie stand. Get a dollop mm. of ice cream, the warm pie. That's absolutely delicious. The cinnamon and sugar lefsa, because I'm a Swede. I got I to gotta have my lefsa. That's a really nice kind of light treat. It doesn't fill you up because you want to be able to eat a lot of things at the fair. Mm. I like to go for quantity. Um, and the apple cider freezy. Go to the ag building. They got those those fresh apple cider freezies that are extremely delicious uh good for the kids as well but i am uh, i'm really looking forward to getting out there and hammering some of these new food items too because i read the article my wife and i circled like 20 things <laughs> that we want to get to and we will probably get to about three of them and then be full but i'm really excited to get out there it's gonna be awesome apple cider freezy so it's like a drink right no, so it's like a popsicle. Oh, a popsicle. Like okay, a, like yeah, I'm not a popsicle pop. guy. Okay. Yeah. See, I wish they had apple cider, like, slushies. Slushies, yeah. With mm. liquor in it. Like, that's what they need to do. That's yeah. Keep the liquor, though. I know the kids yeah. want to have it, too. But, apple I mean, yeah, I had, pop, a, I had a, I had a, I had a wine slushie yeah. yesterday, and then I had, um, I forgot the other one, but the kids had a freezy, just a regular freezy, like the, mm -hmm. you know, deal you, or the icy, sorry, icy, not freezy, icy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. like, why they should have apple cider ices. Like, that's what they need. Reggie, what That'd you got? So good. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I, because I was an employee for a day last year, I, I'll go cookies because that was the one thing people were like, you got to try these things. They, they're awesome. And it's funny because uh, when I took my wife last year, we barely, we got a cone and we couldn't even finish the cone. They were just so like, oh, they're like sweet. And it's I don't lot. know, after after like three or four of those jokers, you're like, okay. And I was like, hey, you want to take these home with us? She was like, no. I was like, all right, well, I guess guess we've eaten all we could. It was still like three or four left in the mm -hmm. cone when we were when we declared we were done. But yeah, I think when it comes to the state fair, the cookies, as you said, Sam, it's like chalk, but they are like the the standard there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I actually me, tell the, the employee to stop scooping sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can don't waste the. Cookies. It's like okay, it's all right, it's okay, it's okay. Pro, pro tip, pro tip, get the gallon bag, um, Ziploc bag. Bring the oh, gallon Ziploc bag. That's so smart. Wow. And put it in your backpack, and then when they scoop all those, just let them. Because you don't want the 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 bucket is too much. Like unless you got a family a of 10 friends or something. Like I've seen people do that and they have like a whole bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you do that. Cause then everybody gets like five or six or you're the power trip and it's a normal day and you know, it's all you guys. But when you look at the 10 and you have that, that like, that's never going to make it. It's going to, they're going to get hard and you're going to be done. I like the cone because then you put them in a Ziploc, close it up, throw it in your bag. Mm-hmm. By the time you make it home, they're still nice. You throw them in the oven, get a little like 10 second, 20 second in the oven, pick them out. A little ice cream, a little whipped cream. They are Ooh. perfect. So that's the pro tip, the Ziploc bag. I figured that out last year. I'm like, okay, why didn't I think of this? Okay. Like Ziploc Ziploc bag. Okay. I like that. You're doing it right. Well, that's a savvy veteran move. So that's yeah, that's yeah, one. Uh, so here's what I did yesterday. I went a little too hard early in the paint. Uh, mm. I feel like Uh-oh. I need to go sit in the sauna. So yesterday alone, this is what I would say. I had the corn. I had the fried pickles. I had the mm. French fries. I had the Tennessee or the Nashville hot chicken mm. uh, with the pickles and the in the Yum. bread. Um, mm. We did the donuts. We mm. had uh, what are those things called? They're not crepes, but it's from French Meadow. Um, it's like funnel a cake. It's like a funnel cake, but they put like strawberries on top of. It. I forgot what they call it, but oh, French flares? Meadow Bakery. Oh. No, it's like a pastry. Beignet. Um, Nah, it's something else. I forgot what it's called. Oh my god! But just go to French Meadow Bakery. They have it. It's like they they every day. It's a different flavor. Yesterday was peach mm-hmm. and strawberry. So they put peach or strawberry. You pick which one you want on top of the, or you can do both on top of the deal. I forgot what it's called. Uh, but then I also had a cinnamon roll. Uh, had cheese curds. So yeah. So but I was there for a long time. This is not like a short. I got there like ten something. Um, we ate a little no. bit. We Ooh. ate a little bit, then we did the PJ Flex show, then we ate a little bit more. They actually bought my wife a birthday treat during the show, which was French Metal Bakery. Thank you for like the hand delivery drop off. Uh, so she got that. PJ Fleck got delivered some stuff. He got delivered some olives, some fried pickles, uh, pork chop on the stick, uh, cheese curds got delivered. So it was it was a very uh, filling day, and this was crazy. My kids came home and wanted corn on the cob for dinner. That's how crazy it was. I'm like, you guys just had it at the fair. And then they wanted for dinner last night, but of course it's my wife's birthday, so I'm like, "What do you want?" And so we did that. I did some shrimp on the grill. Um, I did uh, uh, what did I do? Shrimp on the grill, and then I did grilled salmon. I did grilled salmon, Ooh. and then I threw it on the uh, skillet for the last little char Ooh. with like a with like a sauce with um, brown sugar. So that was that with asparagus. So that was at least the healthy part. I'm like, I had all this other safer. I got to come home and have healthy. But that's one thing I would say people have to do. You have to try. And PJ Fleck called it uh sample testing tasting sorry sample tasting don't fill up don't get everything like it's a meal share it with your group get yes. fries get everything like like don't just because i didn't eat all that by myself by the way people i had my wife my wife my daughters and their friend came um so it was like five or six of us at a time eating this stuff so it was not just me gorging myself with all this food we shared it but it was it was the best way to do it because i didn't feel super full um, but I definitely kept wanting more stuff. So that was, and then we had the wine slushy, me and my wife did. Um, so yeah, so that's, I would say that I would definitely say do that. I will say this too, people, if you have kids and you're looking for a nice night out with your family away from the kids, the state fair is not a bad place to just walk around with the spouse 
and just eat and hang out and, and be without kids too. So don't be afraid to try that. They have concerts, they have beer. There's all kinds of grown up stuff you can do at the fair. Don't feel like you have to always go with your kids. Take the kids once and then leave them at home the next time. But that's my advice to you guys. Before we get out of here, fellas, one last quick one. Uh, over under on the Vikings now, since you've kind of seen the the the, uh, the 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 roster, how you think it might be, you've seen the rest of the league, you've seen two joint practices. The over under on the Vikings, we saw this on a lot of other publications, whatever, was 8.6. At this point, just really quick before we get out of here, are you going over under 8.6 Minnesota Vikings wins? Luke. Well, that schedule is so tough. It's a gauntlet of elite quarterbacks, but I'll take the over run. I, I think they can win nine games. Sam. I, too, will take the over. The offense is going to be too good to have a below 500 record. Reggie. Yeah, I'll take the over just at nine. Just at nine. <laughs> right over the edge. I'm going right over the edge. Um, I'm going over the edge, and I'm, I think, you know, offensively, Jalen Rager, watch him in camp. I think I was standing next to Sam. We saw him make a big, deep ball catch, um, and he was running in slow motion. Like, he was just gliding and was creating separation. So, I think if he can get this offense down, I, I, I do like Jalen Rager as that fourth, fifth receiver to help this offense out. But Justin Jefferson is the greatest in the world. I think Kirk Cousins is sending him videos to get better like Jerry Rice. I mean, man, what like if you're watching Jerry Rice videos of Justin Jefferson, that's 2,000 yards. So I'm going to go with the over as well. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom, Luke Inman, Reggie Wilson from Care 11. I want to thank you guys for watching, downloading. Those watching on, on, uh, on YouTube, hey, appreciate you guys. Uh, love your support. Please comment. Let us know what you think about the show. And then you let us know what your go-to food for the fair is. And then also, are the Vikings going to win more than eight games this eight and a half games this season? You let us know what you think of that about that. But also Amazon Fire, Roku devices, you can get our podcast there. And wherever you get your podcast, just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll get all the content, all the press conference breakdown. And then, of course, there's real football coming soon. We're definitely going to break down game one versus the Buccaneers. But you guys have a great day.